Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from Divine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I am so excited that you are walking with me. What that means is we are walking together through God's Word, just about three chapters a day, and uh, you're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters independently and then listen to the podcast, but they're going to be short, 10 to 15 minutes each day, so that you can listen to at the start or the finish of each day, and I believe that it'll bless you as it's blessed. Me. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm... Today's passage is coming from Esther, chapter 6, 7, and 8. We left off yesterday at a very pivotal moment. And uh, we just finished chapter 5. And um, there were, the, the book of Esther is just incredible. And if you, if you haven't already been able to tell that, just from our sessions together and from your own personal reading. <coughs> but it's really such a beautiful story of God's faithfulness. And um, so we left off at the end of chapter 5. And Haman's plan is to hang Mordecai. And he goes home, and he tells his wife about it. And uh, they all sit around and reminisce about basically uh, all their riches and everything that they have. And they go and they uh, they have it ordered to set up uh, the place in which Mordecai is to be hung. And so... Uh, they they set up a gallows 50 cubits high. And in the morning, he's going to tell the king to have Mordecai hung upon it. And so, uh, we start off in chapter 6, and it, it says that that night, the king could not sleep. He was having difficulty sleeping, so he awakes in the middle of the night. And um, for whatever reason, there's an idea it's impressed upon his brain to have a little bit of reading in the middle of the night. And so he um, he has them bring to him the, the book of memorable deeds, the chronicles, and they were read before the king. And so this was just a, a record of basically anything significant happening in the kingdom. They would record it in this book. And um, so it was found... At that, at that time, it was found written how Mordecai had told them about the plan that there was for the king to be killed, which was earlier, a few chapters ago. Nothing, nothing really became of that when we read that a few chapters ago about how there was a plan to kill the king. Mordecai overheard it, and uh, he you know, shared the information that, that there was a, a, a plot. Uh, and uh, that was at the end of chapter 2. And so he told Queen Esther about it. And uh, Esther told the king in the name of Mordecai. And there was a, and a, the affair was investigated and they found it to be true. And they it says that they hung uh, the people that were involved in this. And it, and it says at the end of chapter 2, it was recorded in the book of the Chronicles in the presence of the king. And so nothing immediately took place of this, but 
Mordecai overheard it, and he did the right thing. He did the noble thing. Uh, and so, now here the king is, listening to this story. And in the middle of the night, because he's having difficulty sleeping. And then he asked the question, well, what honor or distinction has been bestowed on Mordecai for this? And they said, well, nothing. And the king said, and we're just, I'm just, I apologize for just reading so much of the text, but this text is so rich. Um, I really, really the best blessing you could have from this text is just reading, is just reading it. Um, but it says that, um, you know, so, the, so the, the king says, who's in the court? And at that moment, Haman, Haman, you know, he just woke up and he sprung out of bed and he's walking into the court. And it says that he, he's excited to speak to the king about having Mordecai hung on the gallows. Well, the king, the king's young man told him, Haman is here standing in the court. And the king said, well, good, let him come in. And so when Haman comes in, the king said to him, hey, what should be done to the man whom the king delights to honor? Haman and all of his pride, of course, thinks, oh man, the, you know, this is referring to me because the, there's no one that the king delights in more than me. So he says, well, for the man in whom the king delights, let royal robes be brought, which the king has worn, and the horse that the king has ridden, and on whose head a royal crown is set, and let the robes and the horse be handed over to the one of the king's most noble officials, let them dress the man whom the king delights in honor, and let them lead him on the horse through the square of the city, proclaiming before him, Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights in honor. <laughs> and then the king said to Haman, Hurry, take the robes and the horse, and as you have said, do so to Mordecai the Jew, who sits at the king's gate. Leave out nothing that you have mentioned. And so this is Haman's worst nightmare. I mean, it, it, this is just hysterical, basically, that how this is all coming together because Haman, in his wickedness, is against the Jewish people. But Mordecai has this steadfast faith that no matter what, God's going to save his people. Previously, God has appointed and, and exalted Esther to be the queen <coughs> over the kingdom. And... Um, and even though Haman, in his wickedness, has a plan to wipe out all the Jews, Mordecai has had this constant faith that God's going to redeem these people and has invited Esther to be a part of that plan. And that's why Esther has had a feast to, that was to um, both uh, the king and to Haman. And so they've had this feast, and it was from returning from the feast that he noticed uh, Mordecai at the gates and thought, man, I want to just kill that guy so bad. Now, there's already been a, 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 a decree issued that on the 12th month, on the 13th day, they're going to wipe out all the Jews. But Haman is so disgusted by Mordecai. He goes, I'm just going to hang him in the morning. I'm tired of looking at him. Right? Well, that very night, uh, the king's sleep is disrupted, and it's implanted into his mind the idea to look into the chronicles of what's happening around the kingdom and it's brought to the forefront of his attention, which God always has the ability to bring to the forefront of our attention or anyone around us to the forefront of their attention. Now, remember, the king is not Holy Spirit filled. He is not Jewish. He is not a, a, a child. Uh, he is not a, a child of God in the sense of he was not a, a Israelite. He was not Hebrew. There, he didn't have a spiritual relationship with the Lord. That's important because there are people that are in your life that may not be following the Lord, that does not 
prohibit the Lord's ability to turn them in favor of you. The Lord does that all the time. We see that through this entire story. We see that through Joseph's story and Potiphar and through uh, Pharaoh. And if God, that's why the scripture says, if God is for you, who can be against you? No one. Okay. And so um, never fear if there are people in power over you that you perceive as wicked. This king wasn't particularly righteous, but it doesn't matter because God was for the Jewish people and God's for Mordecai and God's for Esther. And so when this plan is unveiling, just in the flash of a moment, the Lord is moving and working. And so he ends up doing exactly what his promise is, and that is turning what was planned for evil to good. And so he goes and he says, well, what should be done to to the man in whom the king delights? And, and Haman lays out this whole plan. Well, it was just a big celebration for him, a parade, basically. That's what we should do. And he thinks it's going to happen to him. It turns out it, it, now he has to go and observe how it's going to happen to Mordecai. So they go they go and they go through town and they put these royal robes on him and they just celebrate him. And Haman's just devastated. This is literally the worst day of his life. I mean, uh, he just he, he couldn't hardly stand the look of Mordecai. And now he's got to celebrate how wonderful a person Mordecai is. And, um, and so... Now they they go into the next round of banquets, and I want to just mention for a second. There's like I said, there's so much in this text. I'm just I'm just going to do a poor job of just barely skimming the surface of how rich this text is today. You're going to have to go in on your own and really dwell upon this. But notice the patience of Esther. Even as I was reading this, if you're like me, I was kind of waiting. Where is Esther going to step up and do something? Because she's really patient in this. But I think that's really beautiful because sometimes we need to be patient and follow after just one step at a time what the Lord gives us. A lot of times the Lord only lets us see about 20 feet in front of us. That's why we have to walk by faith. And so I think Esther is being intentionally obedient one day at a time, earning of the king's favor and letting the Lord work. Because all Esther's done so far is just had a big, had a big banquet. And she invited two people to it, the king and Haman, the person that she needed to win over the most and and the person that, that's completely against them. She put them both. She put them both in a room and they had a big feast together. And then they all go home. And it's literally when he's going home that he looks over at Mordecai. And so all this has happened. Now Mordecai has been celebrated. Now they're going to go and have this next round of feast, you know, in chapter seven. And uh, at that moment. Esther reveals, hey, listen, you know, because the king says, what can I do for you? You know, you're my, you're the queen, whatever you want. And he, he says, well, people are after our lives. They want to kill us. They want to kill my family. And the king's outraged. He goes, who wants to kill your family? You know, whoever it is, we're going to, we're going to kill them. And uh, the queen says, well, it's Haman. And, and, and they get this. The king goes, well, that's ridiculous. Uh, let's have him, let's have him hanged. And, and what do they find? That out in the, in the gallows, there's a 50 cubic <laughs> arrangement already set up, and they go and they and they hang Haman on it. It was it was the very weapon. It was the very weapon that was formed. You know the scripture: "No weapon formed against me will prosper." The very weapon that was formed for Mordecai's death was used against the man who arranged it, and Haman goes out there and he's hung because God turned evil for good. And so this whole this whole thing turns against Haman because God is for his people. 
and uh, and then you know Esther ends up uh, t- kind of telling her, uh, kind of telling the king about who Mordecai is and how you know they're related and the, and they're Jewish, and they ask that that decree that Haman requested be reversed, and so they end up uh, not even just reversing it. They didn't even just send out a letter that said that hey nobody killed the Jews on the 12th month, on the 13th day. Actually, the decree said, if anyone tries to kill the Jews on the 12th month, on the 13th day, let the Jews uh, fight back and destroy anyone that touches them. It says that they've got the ability in every city to gather and defend their lives, to destroy, to kill, and to annihilate any armed force of any people or province that might attack them. Well, that goes out over just about the whole entire known world at that time. And you know what it does? It puts a fear in everyone for God's people. They went from being the most despised, the most rejected, and on their way to being completely extinct, to becoming to where everyone is afraid of them. And it, it even says at the very end of chapter 8, it says in every province, in every city, wherever the king's command had went, that there was gladness and joy among the Jews, a feast and a holiday. And many people from the peoples of the country declared themselves Jews for fear of the Jews had fallen upon them. So either people were, that could mean a couple of things, maybe people were coming out of hiding to, they were true, true, truly Jewish and they were coming out and identifying with it. But also I think it, it would mean that a lot of people that weren't Jewish were so um, fearful that they were saying, well, I'm Jewish, I'm Jewish. People are actually, the, the, the name to identify them, to, to be identified as a child of the one true living God, had become so attractive during this time that people were just trying to get involved in that, just trying to be under that umbrella. And so, just an incredible passage of Scripture uh, in Esther chapter 6, 7, and 8 about just God's faithfulness and how if we remain faithful to Him and we're patient with His plan and we have no reason to fear and that evil, even the greatest of evil that may be prepared for for us God can turn against the very the very people or really against the the enemy the devil who is working this plan out to attack us or to kill us to steal or to kill and destroy and he'll turn that uh, uh, for the good God turns all things for the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose and so I just I just love this passage of scripture I was so I was so looking forward to to getting to it, and uh, so I'm I'm sorry. Today's session's been a little bit longer than our usual time together, um, but this has been such a beautiful portion of scripture that I hope uh, has blessed you as much as it has blessed me.